Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this episode continues our Hades Town Takeover. If you didn't hear the last episode with Tara and Shio, go back in time and, you know, just scroll back in your podcast feed and check it out because all of these episodes that are in this clump right here this month are all going to be about Hades Town. So our guests today, Kay Trinidad and Malcolm Armwood, a fate and a worker, respectively. Kay is one of the original fates from the original Broadway cast. Malcolm Armwood has been with the show for a little less time, but as a worker, he gets to do all of the roles. He has a swing for, for many different tracks. We get into that. And just the energy and the love they have for each other is so much fun. And actually, skip to the end or stay till the end of the episode because they're actually doing the interview from the dressing room. And we get to 30 minutes before curtain. You get to hear the, the stage manager come over the loudspeaker as we wrap up the episode. So you want a little uh, insight and behind the scenes, stick around for that. It's actually somebody's birthday too. So you get to hear a little cast camaraderie when they sing happy birthday. Spoil Spoiler alert. Find me online on Instagram and Twitter, theater underscore podcast. Leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Kay Trinidad and Malcolm Armwood. Here you go. One, two, three. Our two guests today take us way down under the ground. First up, making his Broadway debut in one of the best shows he could have ever imagined being a part of. I'm putting words in his mouth. Thank you. Malcolm Arnwood has, has, has starred in the national tours of Motown, the musical, and Smokey Joe's Cafe, and has additional credits including Grease, Ragtime, Kiss Me Kate, and Showboat, and is now one of the Hadestown workers on Broadway. Our second guest is Kate Trinidad, who made her Broadway debut in The Little Mermaid, and has a bazillion additional credits, including the world premiere of Lampica, the Children of Eden concert at the Kennedy Center, Spelling Bee, The King and I, Little Shop, Beauty and the Beast, and so many more. We'd be here all night. She was in the original Broadway cast of Hades Town and has now reprised her role post-pandemic as one of the phenomenal fates. Welcome, Kay and Malcolm, to the Theater Podcast. <laughs> and I love that you guys are in the same, literally the same dressing room, like back to back right now, talking to me on different cameras. It's true. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh, uh oh. Oh, we got we got crying kid out there. You hear that? <gasps> crying kid. Crying kid. Crying kid. <laughs> oh no. Yep, crying kid. Crying kid. My breasts oh, are on. milking. <laughs> that will be explained later. I'm just joking. They're not. Oh my gosh. Um hey, yeah, he's he's in the bathroom. He's crazy. He's, he's fine. I love I love that that biological response. Or like here, crying a crying kid, and like as a dad, I don't even have milking teats. But as a dad, I'm like I want to hug something. I need yes. to hug something. Comfort, comfort. Right. All right. So so we're here to talk about Zahedi's town, and I well. First off, let's back up again. Let's start with with you, Malcolm. You're the newest, one of the newest to the cast, I guess. So talk me through when you first got. Uh, your your bug. When did you decide that performing, dancing, singing, when was this your life? Yeah, so this probably started when I was 15 years old. I was doing community theater, knew little about musical theater, and I 
was like, I really like this. I enjoy this. So I want to, you know, study this in school. And so I applied to a few universities, only got into one. But you know what? It's all good, though, because I'm where I am supposed to be. Um, but at the time, I was so butthurt about it. I was like, oh, my gosh, nobody wants me. I'm not talented. <laughs> like, all of these things. So, um, <laughs> but you know what? You know, um, I, God has had a plan for me. So, um, yes, yeah, so I went to East Carolina University for musical theater, and then I went after- to NC State. I know, the, I know the area very Come well. Come on, North Carolina. Yes, That's right. represent. Okay, well, Pack. But you know, ECU baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so yeah, and after that, um, I went and did a cruise ship for six months and that's how i saved up money to get to new york city and after two, two weeks after the ship i was like i'm moving and so i came on up and i was here for six years before booking my debut so w- at what point then were you i mean you said like in high school then you you decided that you wanted to do theater or or yeah. was it before that? Because you said you were auditioning and whatnot, or you applied to a couple schools, but like when you were a kid, yeah, did is, you see this? Where did where did you first start seeing performing? Oh, no, honestly, yeah, I start. Well, I grew up singing in church, so all I all I knew was like church and like um, church plays. But then after that, I started um, taking voice lessons. Um, this teacher, she had saw me at a competition, and she was like, "I would love to work with you," and so. She took me under her wing and was like, hey, this community theater is doing The Wizard of Oz, and I think you would be great in it. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went to the audition and did what I needed to do. <laughs> and um, I booked the role of the Scarecrow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I just, I've always been like a performer, like standing in front of the TV near the fireplace in front of, you know, parents. And they're like, yo, get out of the way. Like, we're trying to watch TV right now. Um, and I was like, no, but look at me. I'm a star, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, so performing has always been in my nature. Um, I was never, like, afraid or um, nervous to be, like, be in front of crowds or anything. Um, so, yeah, that's how that all started. But then, like, musical theater started when I was in high school. Wow. Kay, you, you were, you just dropped your mouth when he said that he wasn't afraid to be in front of crowds. Were you, were you afraid yeah. to be in front of crowds? Not really? like, so when I'm in my element and not thinking about it, I remember doing like, it was recess in elementary school and I would put on this huge improv and it was like, I was like, oh, it's fun. It's fun. But like, I remember then doing show and tell. I was like so nervous. Show and tell. Oh no. And I would like clam up and yeah, it's strange. Right. But yeah. Well, when did you first start deciding that this was your path, right? Because you're both you're both uh, in your bios, right, on social media. You both acknowledge your love or your, um, uh, I guess, yeah, your focus on spirituality, right? And so I feel like there's when I ask people like, "What is your path? Where is your where is your journey?" And we talk about this stuff. I feel like there's a deeper meaning for the both of you as well because because of the religious aspect. But for you and Malcolm, you said you are. You grew up in singing in church, and that got you into the performing aspect. But like, Kay, for you, where did this all come into your life? Um, so, I mean, I was just like Malcolm. I was always for my family. I was putting on my own shows, producing producing my own shows, charging them for their own food in the house, charging them for tickets. Uh, I was just putting on a lot of like 
acts for them and uh, enjoying that. So my fam- my parents especially, and the rest of my two other siblings, they always knew like this is the path she's going to take. I never really knew. Um, growing up, I played piano and I um, joined choir like in elementary school. Then once I got into middle school, I was playing all the sports, basketball, volleyball, I did track and field, um, soccer even. And, um, and I was still in choir too. And just, you know, I love to sing. So I was always, always singing. Um, and then once I got uh, to high school, I auditioned for um, show choir. And that required <laughs> dancing and singing. And dancing and singing was very difficult. I didn't know it was so hard. And so I got my button to into dance lessons and trying to learn as much as I could in high school as well, um, just to become a more well-rounded performer in that aspect. But um, yeah, it's a really crazy trajectory for me because I thought I was actually going to get a scholarship for uh, volleyball, actually, to to go to college, but that was not my journey. And I ended up uh, going to NYU for theater. And um, I think I jumped around a lot, but yeah, but I going down to the road talking about spirituality. I mean, I've always trusted in whatever his will is for me. And um, I've had my ups and downs, obviously in life as we all do, but um Whenever I really put my faith and trust in him, I really just landed right where I'm supposed to be. Before we get to Hades Town, I want to talk about that real quick. Kay, you just had a baby. Congratulations. Not just, but. But yeah. um, A little more than seven months. Seven months. And it was a great time to do that during during the quarantine shutdown. Good timing. Perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. (laughs) (laughs) So then coming back, coming back to to Hades Town, then you both were part of the original Broadway cast, of course. (laughs) And so Malcolm, you started out as a swing. Kay, you were still in the same role as the fate. These these roles are intense because because they basically they never leave the stage. I mean, almost all the roles never leave the stage, but this is a long show. It's a long two-act show. And you're still in it multiple years later. And I guess my question, if I were to ask a question, which I will, is why, why, <laughs> why do you continue to do this particular show eight times a week in these roles that seem like they are just so physically intense and draining? Oh, I can't. Well, for me, I... Um it's just so beautiful to me. Like the story, the storytelling and just the message behind, behind Hades town. Um, it's a, it's a, about a, um, about community. And, and I feel like that brings us together as a cast, you know, on stage and, you know, on stage and off. And also just to see the audience's reaction afterwards. You got people like weeping and just like, oh my gosh, like, um, we can't believe that you just put this beautiful, you know, you put on this beautiful show. And honestly, it really does my heart really well. And it makes it worthwhile, doing, you know, worthwhile um, seeing their reaction. So I'll be tired though. Oh, I'm I'll be tired, but you know, it, I don't know. Once we get on that stage, we just like push through and, the music just, you know, lends itself to just fall into the fall into the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I don't even like to call it work because it's just it's it, we get to play and do what we've always 
dreamt of doing, you know, in our lives. It's, it's, it's an incredible feeling to be doing work that you love to do and that it's very fulfilling. It's not every, every day you get to do uh, eight shows a week in such an epic, beautiful Tony award winning show. Um, And I'm very grateful every single time we take that bow after even a grueling two show day, we are exhausted. Um, But it's so worth it because the art that we get to share, you know, it's changing lives, you know, Mm -hmm. it's affecting people. It's like doing the art for why I I do the art, you know, healing, healing, uh, changing people's lives. Um, Yes. So especially after this pandemic, Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, this show is very necessary. <laughs> oh, yes. Very necessary. Well, I, I dig into that. Why do you say that? Um, I think it just, well, people, people just yearn for theater. People look, you know, we're always like looking to escape sometimes like our personal lives. You know, we, people, I feel like people go through things that we don't even know about, but just to be amongst artistry and creativity and um, beautiful storytelling, it just gives them a time to just like put away whatever they were going through before they came through those doors, you know, mm-hmm. and just allows them to just relish in the moment. Of there, on stage. I, I enjoy, I enjoy this is one of the few shows, um, big, big budget musicals that doesn't have a happy, a happy ending. Right, because it's one of those it's one of those things where to sell tickets, everyone's got to walk away feeling elated and happy and tell other friends. But this show still does has that effect. But like I saw the show last week again, again okay. I've seen it a couple times, and the moment when when Eva turns around or Reeve turns around, looks at Eva, and oh, you just and, told me that. No. oh, oh come <laughs> on, Alan! Spoiler: um, This is Greek <laughs> mythology. Yeah, that moment, there's an audible gasp, like, yes. every time, like, oh, and then the person next, like, a couple of seats over from me goes, no. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We got it's that. Quite like, audible today. Yeah, it's very audible today. I mean, <laughs> usually you at least hear somebody, but sometimes it's a communal, no. <laughs> and it's like, you know what's coming, but you're not prepared. You're not prepared. You're just like, oh, maybe, just maybe he's just going to keep going and like, you know what I'm saying? But nah, that ain't it. <laughs> but to continuing on to what Malcolm was talking about, like why why we do it too and why it's needed now is it is a story of hope and mm-hmm. and and in a time like post pandemic where there's a lot of parallels with the the story, even like the disparity disparity between rich and poor and just you know hopefully community coming together and rallying and um. Yeah, uh, climate change. Climate change. And yeah. it's just, there's a lot of things. But at the end of the day, I like to see it as a story of hope to see how the world could be despite yeah. of the madness and the chaos and the crazy that's happening right now. What I think is, is ironic the first time I saw it is I, it, I saw um, it was previews, one of the final previews, I think, before opening couple years ago and like we got to you know, whole build a wall, build a wall, and like to keep mm-hmm. us safe. And this is right in the middle of the damn Trump. Bullshit. Yeah. Building a wall. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, how topical. But Aeneas started writing this thing a decade Before. ago. Before. Wild, right? Listen, yes, she yeah. is <laughs> tapped in. Yes, she's tapped. She's yeah. tapped in. Right? Yeah. Right? So what what has it been like for you to make um, you know, 
Malcolm, your Broadway debut, and Kay, one of your your uh, your Broadway credits as your career is taking off and working with Rachel Chack and working with Aeneas, working with these incredible creatives that just elevate everything beyond where anyone else would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been uh, really incredible working with these two powerhouse women to show also how theater can be when, you know, yeah hand over the reins sometimes to some women. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really, really been a big positive, enlightening time to be able to work with both of them. They're so brilliant Mm -hmm. in their own ways. Um, Yeah, and it's cool when all the the cogs and the wheels turn and work together as a team. And it just makes everybody else on the creative team just that much stronger together. So, I mean, all of the creatives, love them all. It's a great team. Yeah. I think for me, I think they have really set the bar high. This being my first Broadway (laughs) show, I'm just like, listen, if y'all aren't, these other shows aren't, you know, matching. I think that's why it's hard for me to kind of leave and try, you know, leave the show to do something else because I'm like, I I need to be doing a show that I want to do eight times a week because although, you know, I'm tired and sometimes a lot of times exhausted, I just enjoy, I really do enjoy this show. So like, I can't just be going to anything that's just, you know, that doesn't make me feel something. Then it will feel like work. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, but you have choices and we're staying. Yeah. Also, like the process um, during um, previews, just to see how they collaborated with one another. And um, I've never been a part of a show where, you know, we have rehearsals during the day and you're changing things. And then at nighttime, you're, you know, putting those, uh, implementing those new changes in the show. And it's just like, you know, your brain is like all over the place and, but how they, you know, work together and compromise. And, yeah. 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 And, and working with them, this duo and creative team, like I say, that actually are, they're open to our input. And it was mm-hmm. just such a uh, collaboration between them and yeah. us and the company. So it felt, it was fun creating together and, and also allowing us to, um, let our individuality like shine through on stage. Like, you know, parts of who I am, Malcolm, you know, I get, I get to use that in the show. Mm -hmm. That's what part of what I really, really enjoyed about the show, watching it uh, last week was, was going in and, and purposely uh, focusing my attention, not on, on what we're supposed to be looking at primarily on stage. Cause there's always, you know, when you're on stage as an ensemble, there's always somebody looking at you. That's the rule they're supposed to tell you, right? Like, <clears throat> there's always somebody who's going to be watching you, so you have to be in character. But, like, the fates, especially the workers, especially Act 2, where you guys, there's a lot more watching, there's observing, because you become more truly a, a, this Greek chorus. And I love, 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 especially, like, okay, there were some moments you've got where you're going up to the lead characters and you're just like, like, up in their shit, and giving them attitude of like, here, you know, we are the wind, we are controlling your fate, and and you have nothing to do about it. And I love, I love how each of the three of you have uh, slightly different takes on all this. You you can tell you are allowed to be personal and or personable 
and individuals, and same with the workers too. It's especially in Act Two when you become more of the society of Hades Town. You're individual people rather than like a a, a group, a clump of you know an amoeba. Yeah. 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 So did was that part of of I mean did that evolve naturally or did was that sort of the direction that that you were told to go in when you were creating the show and bringing it to Broadway right of just like bring yourselves to it or were you was it always like do yeah. more do more and then directors like not too much Well no I mean I feel like David really pushed for you know like I want you to be you during this you know especially like during living it up like you know express who you are and shine through but there are moments um where we are for the workers where we have to you know be on one accord and um you know have to pretty much same thing but like for the for the most part like when we're above ground kind of be you yeah because you're that's when you're pretty much free but then when you go underworld it's just like "Mm -mm. no freedom We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you two miss the stage door now that COVID is in and the imp- and all this stuff has shut things down and made it all like bubblicious where we can't talk to people and touch people and all this? Um, I mean, <laughs> you both are like uh, people still, people still, people still wait outside. So Mm-mm-mm. no, I'm. Sure. <laughs> I, um, you know, I still say hello and yeah, and show I'm, hello. I mean, I think it's uh, it's hard to say because it's in COVID time, so I feel safer not yeah. being in that group. But I, you're saying like in general as an idea, do I miss it? Yeah. Of course, just being able to be like it's so cool. Those are the people who are supporting the show, right, yeah. and supporting us. So. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm really tired but to go out there and, you know, but yeah. you have to remember you're yeah. here because they want to see it. So, and it's know. because it's because of them that we have a job, yeah. you know, that so, so yeah, I, I do miss it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, the, the people I think that, that I've I've asked that people uh, that question to a couple of people, and the people who don't miss it are the people who play evil characters, because uh. <laughs> I wonder if like Patrick Page, for example, right, comes out and he's like, God, I hate I hate stage dooring because everyone everyone comes out and says they hate me, and and that's sort of the thing, right? Because <laughs> like I talked with with uh, one of my favorite shows, Breaking Bad. I talked with Anna Gunn, right, who played Skylar White. Talked with her once, and she was like, people send me hate mail for being so mean to Walter oh. White. And I'm, and she's like, do you not realize that as a character? This is a character. job for me. Yeah. yeah. So that oh, it's it's weird. People yeah. love Patrick though. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. People love Patrick. So <laughs> I mean, how can you not love Patrick? And oh god, Amber Gray has just announced that that she's gonna play her last show. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, she will have played her last show. Is uh, that is that like like losing family for you? You've yes. been with her for so long. She is yes. like 
the core, like yeah. OG, like from what she and Patrick have been with it since the beginning. beginning. Like when we say beginning, like beginning years, years, years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, it, her presence will be missed. Her presence will definitely be missed. We'll still have our text thread with her, so we can poke at her there. Yeah. What uh, do you guys have a favorite a favorite moment? Either okay, two moments. One is for you to actually perform. To, to do, but then there's another moment because you're doing so much observing. Do you have a moment you're looking forward to watching happen every night? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. It's, um, I'm still on stage, but I get to watch when um, Persephone and Hades finally are in balance. And it's like that love union that I, I could, I could cry on stage every night, but I don't because it's, it's be- it's just a be- it's a beautiful moment of the show, right? That they're finally they found their love again, um, and yeah, I love that moment. I love mm-hmm. that music. I love what it symbolizes. Mm-hmm. I just love yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah, I have actually two. That one, but also I don't get to watch it because I'm supposed to be asleep. So it's also <laughs> flowers. <laughs> so I get to hear Eva just like just tear into the song and just lay her heart out and talk about the, the love that she once had. And, you know, he's gone. And um, So yeah, that's one of my favorites as well. It's just such a beautiful score. It's such, it, it's family. It, now that you said that uh, earlier in the episode, you, you were like, it's a family, it's a community. You've been together and you're telling the story as a family. And uh, I guess Malcolm for you, you started out as a swing. So how many tracks did you cover when you were swinging? I covered five tracks. Mm-hmm. I, track, mm-hmm. but I only went on for four of the five. <laughs> well, shout out to swings, understudies, alternates, Everywhere. and standby. Everywhere. Everywhere. My Kudos. God. Kudos, right? Not but what is, is for you doing the different tracks, do you feel uh, a different sense? I guess I'm... I'm thinking about the family dynamic of all of this, and I'm, I don't know how to phrase this exactly how I want to phrase it, but is it like being the youngest child and then the middle child and then the oldest child and then like, Kay, for you, who's in the same role every time, okay. are, are you pr- being a different parent or a different okay. sibling to people as they're swinging in and out? Okay, well, for me, I know I kind of felt as a swing starting this new show, I kind of felt like a step... I, I shouldn't say stepchild. I felt like a little disconnected because, you know, on stage, the on stage um, cast, they, you know, they get to do this every night together and they get to, you know, bond a little bit more. And um, the swings really didn't get that much, you know, interaction with, um, with the on stage cast. But, um, now that I have, you know, now that I'm in my track, not saying that the onstage cast didn't try to, you know, they didn't like talk to us or anything, but it was just, you know, it's just a little, no, little it different. Sense. Yeah. We're just on stage together all the time. Right. Right. So and we're all together. And now sense. that I am in my own track, I try to make an effort more to make sure that the swings are good and that they feel included, you know, with what we are doing mm-hmm. so like no one feels like separate or anything I just because I, 
It's important. It's so important because the swing, <laughs> you want to give the best performance you ever can The show, as a show, right? The show needs to be the best it is at all times. And, and contrary to what anyone may have said in the news as of late in the last few months, swings understudy standbys alternates are some of the most undervalued, underappreciated people in the industry. And especially right now during COVID, we wouldn't be here going on eight shows a week without understudies. No show. Mm -mm. Because no, it's, it's just not possible. And I, I love the mental health aspect of all of this as well, because uh, in the last couple of years, right as COVID hit, there was this upward trend and then COVID sort of put a stop to it because now we had something else to talk about, but there was this trend of saying, okay, I'm, I'm cool talking about vocal injuries and, and calling out of shows. And, you know, before, it was one of those things where if you felt sick, you just got to push through it because that's what you were expected to. But now, like, are you seeing, are you, how are you feeling this on, on your side of, of the proscenium? How is this affecting you and the rest of the cast? Oh, with the call out culture now? And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I think we know we need to take care of ourselves and that old culture is, it's not right. But we were, we've always grown up in this industry thinking, well, we have the show must on, go on. which is not healthy. Yeah. So instead of, I mean, there are times I know for me, when I was sick, I go, go see the antique, get some steroids, try to push through, you know, and other people would do that too. That's not like, you just need to heal. It's, yeah. You need to heal. That's do what's best for you. And so, you know, cause this is our instrument. So I think now the, we know and anyways, if anyone feels sick, we just have to be like, we're out. We're out. We have to be. And that's not just thinking for yourself. That's thinking for the other people around you, right? Yeah. So it's more selfless to be able to call out and to take care of everybody, yeah. not just yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I, I want to give a special shout out here. When I when I saw it the other night, the role of Hermes was played by Trent Saunders. All right, Trent. Yeah, Trent. And, uh, Trent. He's and great. My, like, I, I, I would love to see, like, the, like, Okay, what you and the Fates did with these albums and whatnot. I want to have, I want to have all of the all of the Hermes get together, like the tour Hermes and Trent and and Andre, and just yeah. do like this this album together. Because God, everybody co- brings such a unique flavor to this to the role in such a different way, and that that goes back to uh, the question I asked a little bit ago. It's half hour. You are joining us from the dressing room. <laughs> we just had to hold for half yeah, hour, in, so I know I'm you guys. Right What's that? I'm in the face dressing room right now. <laughs> and they're like, hey. it's Joel's birthday. We have to sing happy, happy birthday. Oh my gosh. Let's we'll wrap this up. Right. So you could, from the dressing room, you're gonna we're gonna wrap this up because you are at half hour for your 7:30. Thank you so much for doing this, both of you. Where can we find you online? Well, you can find me on Instagram, M-A-R-M-W-O-O-D-214. And I am K Trinidad Carnes on Instagram, K Trinidad on Facebook. It's a question. It's probably Carnes. K Trinidad Carnes. Um, I almost forgot the three standard closing questions that I ask everybody on every episode. So, Kay, you first. What motivates you? What what? What motivates you? Motivates my baby girl now and love. Malcolm? What motivates me? Um, I think um, like having dreams and goals and like making sure like I actually try my best to, you know, reach for them and 
Yeah, and, and, and not just give up easily. All right. So the second question, we'll skip over that in the interest of time. It was, what advice would you give to people? Um, but the third question, this is super hard. If you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want. Malcolm, what would you see? Oh, man. Uh, what? A theater show? Any show. Any show. Hades Town. Hades Town! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking happy birthday. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you. This has been this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for colorful have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels well here's your chance welcome to the quiet part out loud with me bobby stegger broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of broadway creatives part interview part therapy this is not your typical podcast we'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists what they still struggle with what lessons they've learned what they haven't figured out yet there's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.